Hey everybody, welcome back to the Built on the Rock podcast. Today we are talking about faith. But we're not just talking about faith, we're talking about having resolved faith in a faithful God. I think it's going to be a really good message, so I hope y'all are excited and ready to get into it. Yeah, he is very faithful and he's so big to me. We love sharing this word with y'all. We love teaching y'all more about the word. So if y'all are enjoying this, you want to hear more, you want to build your faith, go ahead and like, subscribe, and follow along. Go back, watch old podcasts. Definitely. Stay tuned in for the new ones because we're just going to keep sharing more and more of his word and it'll grow you. So you ready to get in the word? I am ready to get in the word. Let's jump into it. So we're talking about having resolved faith in a faithful God. And we'll get to what resolved means here in just a little bit, but I want to get right into the scripture on this one because it'll set the tone for the rest of the message. So we're getting into Luke chapter 5, verses 17 through 26, and this first uh, scripture we're going to here I have in the Passion Translation. So we're going to go ahead and get right into it, starting in verse 17. It says, One day many Jewish religious leaders known as Pharisees, along with many religious scholars, came from every village in Galilee, throughout Judea, and even from Jerusalem to hear Jesus teach. And the power of the Lord God surged through him to instantly heal the sick. So men came to Jesus, carrying a paraplegic man on a stretcher. They attempted to bring him in past the crowd to set him down in front of Jesus. But because there were so many people crowding the door, they had no way to bring him inside. So they crawled onto the roof, dug their way through the roof tiles, and lowered the man, stretcher and all, into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. Seeing the demonstration of their faith, Jesus said to the paraplegic man, My friend, your sins are forgiven. The Jewish religious leaders and the religious scholars whispered objections among themselves. Who does this man think he is to speak such blasphemy? Only God can forgive sins. Does he think he is God? Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said to them, Why do you argue in your hearts over what I do and think that it is blasphemy to say his sins are forgiven? Let me ask you, which is easier to prove when I say your sins are forgiven or when I say stand up, carry your stretcher and walk? Jesus turned to the paraplegic man and said to prove to you all that I, the son of man, have the lawful authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you now, stand up, carry your stretcher and go on home for you are healed. In an instant, the man rose right before their eyes. He stood, picked up his stretcher, and went home, giving God the glory with every step he took. The people were seized with astonishment and dumbfounded over what they had just witnessed. And they all praised God, remarking over and over, incredible, what an unbelievable miracle we've seen today. So, you've heard this story before in the Bible, and it's not just a story, though. It really is a real thing that happened. And a lot of times when I'm reading the scripture, I like to see it in my head. I like to kind of like watching TV yeah. in my head almost of what's, what's happening in the scripture because that really helps me to understand what's going on. It kind of gives me yeah. an idea of what's going on. It gives you a visual and helps you think about all the little aspects, uh, the attention to detail. Exactly, exactly. And so, you know, I'm looking at this story and I, I see these friends of this paraplegic man. They're carrying him on this stretcher. And they had resolved faith. They were going to get to Jesus no matter what. And so let's look at the definition of resolved here. It means to decide firmly on a course of action or firm determination to do something. And so I look at these these men here and I'm like, okay, they had firm determination they had a firm determination to get their friend to Jesus no matter what. Yeah. And they weren't gonna let anything get in the way. They had just decided to follow him. 
or to get to Jesus, to bring this friend to Jesus. And so I'm looking at it and I'm like, why did they decide to go to Jesus? What's the point? You know, I think about these things when I go through the scripture, I want to break it down and think about like, why, why are they doing what they're doing? Because, you know, I think about us, we're on this side of the cross, meaning we know what Jesus has provided for us. We know he's our savior. We know he provided salvation. Mm. We know he provides healing. We know he provides all these things. Exactly. We've seen it because we're on this side of the cross, but to them, you know, Jesus hadn't died yet. He hasn't risen, risen again yet to their perspective. And so why would they be going after him? Well, there's only one answer to that. And it's because they must have heard that he was the healer, you know, that he had been right. healing people or that he was blessing people. I was going to say, I, I look at this and I would say they had to have been convinced that what they were hearing was true of Jesus. Exactly. They had gotten a hold of that truth. They had gotten a revelation that Jesus would yeah. be the solution and answer to the problem. Yeah. So exactly. He was the healer. And so they had that revelation on the inside of them. And that caused them to have this firm determination to take their friend and yeah. bring him to Jesus, no matter what came up, no matter what the circumstances yeah. happened. And so, you know, they had faith that believes that kept on believing no matter what. And that's what real faith does. Faith believes, but it keeps on believing no matter what comes across, no matter what comes up, no matter what happens, faith does not stop believing. And they believed that if they could get their friend to Jesus, he would be made well. And so the, you know, the men, they didn't stop for the crowd. So think about this. Okay. I was thinking about this when I was going through this story in my head and I'm like, you know, for me in the past, I've been the type of person that's like, I'm going to avoid crowds that, you know, at any time that's possible. I don't want to be around a lot of crowds or big crowds or whatever. And nowadays that just happens. You're going to be around people if you go out. So it just happens. But, you know, I've thought about that before. Like, I, you know, these guys are sitting there. They're like, okay, we're going to take him to see Jesus. Well, they, if they heard of Jesus, they must have known he was popular. They must have known that a lot of people were going to be there listening to Jesus, being healed, being prayed for, whatever. And so you think about that, it's like that was a decision they made. Okay, it doesn't matter there's a lot of people there. We're going to take our friend anyways because that's how important it is. And then, you know, they get there and the Bible says that there was a large crowd so large at the door that they weren't able to get in. And so, you know, they're there. They have the man on the stretcher and they're like, well, that could have been an easy point for them to give up right there was to say, okay, we tried. We can't get him in there. And we'll just go back home. We'll try another again. We'll try again another day. We'll try a different time, it's whatever. Too crowded. Yeah, it's too crowded. Too, it's too difficult. You uh, know, we'll they didn't up. say it's not worth it. Yeah, they didn't say it's not worth it, you know. And so they, they're at that point there. And then another thing that I was looking at was, you know, they could have said to themselves, now this, this isn't in the scripture. This is just a speculation of what they could have thought. Because I'm thinking like, if I was there, what would I be thinking, you know. They could have thought... Well, if Jesus really wanted to heal him, he could come out here and do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they could have had that thought. And I thought about that. How many times in my own life have I said to myself, well, if God really wanted to do something, he could He could do it. And I thought, you know, a lot of times we want God to come in and fix our problems the way we think he should fix them. Yeah. Instead of laying the issue at his feet and saying, Lord, here, I'm giving it to you completely. Right. You know, and so we're like, we pray to God and we're like, we need, we need help, Father. We need help, you know, to fix this issue, to fix this problem. 
but we want you to fix it on our terms or in the way we think it should be right. fixed. And really it's, I must lay this down exactly. and pick you up. And these men had a hold of that truth because they didn't even let the crowd stop them. They didn't let any of those things stop yeah. them. They said, okay, we can't get in through the door because of the crowds, we're going to the roof. Right. And so that's what they did. They had that firm determination, that resolve yeah. of faith to say, I am going to get this paraplegic man, my friend who can't walk, I'm going to get him to Jesus' feet no matter yeah. how no matter what I have to do, no matter what I come across, he is going to get there tonight. And so that's what they did. You and know, they, they pursued it. They did. They pursued it. They got to the roof. And the Bible says, the scripture we just read a little bit ago, says that they dug through the roof or they removed the tiles of the roof and they lowered their friend on a stretcher, the whole stretcher and all. They lowered him down in the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus and laid him at his feet. And now they're at this point where it's like, okay, Jesus turned to them. He said, it says, the scripture says that Jesus turned to them. He saw their faith and he said to their friend there that his sins are forgiven. But then he looks to the Pharisees and he starts dealing with the Pharisees and the, the, the teachers of the law because the scripture says that they were talking amongst themselves or were thinking amongst themselves. You know, how could Jesus say this stuff? How could he do this? Does he believe he's God or what? You know, how could he be blaspheming like this? And so Jesus turned away from the paraplegic man and turned towards the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and started dealing with them. And so just that short period of time there that happened before he turned back to him, his friends could have said, okay, well, we've, we've done it. We've come all this way. You know, we passed the crowd. We got up on the roof. We tore through the roof. We brought our friend down here to the feet of Jesus where's this healing at? You know, why isn't Jesus healing him? They could have thought that in that short, you know, when Jesus turned to deal with the Pharisees, it could have been like, okay, you know, why isn't he healing him? Well, you know, he turns back and he does heal him. He gives him his healing and they didn't go anywhere. They were still there. They were there at Jesus. Even when they got to this point, they weren't saying, okay, well, I guess, I guess he's not going to heal him or whatever. They didn't do that. They didn't give up. They had, Every step of the way, their resolved faith brought them to this point where they were like, okay, it doesn't matter what we come across. It doesn't matter that we hit a crowd. It doesn't matter that we had to go through a roof. It doesn't matter that Jesus is now teaching the Pharisees. We know who Jesus is, and we know that he's the healer, and he's going to deal with this problem. And all we have to do is lay it here at his feet, and he will deal with it. And so Jesus did. He, you know, he, he, he talked to the Pharisees. He said, you know, which is easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or to rise up and walk? But just so everyone here knows that I have the authority to forgive sins on the earth, I'm going to, you know, he turns and he says, rise up and walk. And the guy gets up, picks up his mat and starts heading out the door and everybody's praising God and thanking God because of it. And so the point here is that every step of the way, these men had resolved faith in a faithful God. They knew that Jesus was faithful in this because they'd heard of him. They must have heard of him. I mean, why else would they bring their friend, their paraplegic friend to Jesus if they didn't know who Jesus was or at least what he was doing? And so they had this resolved faith of a firm determination that they were had to set they had settled what they were going to do and they went after it with all they had and they did not back off from it. And so the next thing I want to look at here is resolved faith is consistent. So 
resolve faith is persistent. It's the first thing we talked about and how these men that brought their friend to Jesus, they, they were persistent in what they were doing. So now we're going to talk about resolved faith is consistent. And we're going to look at Daniel chapter 6, verses 3 through 20 in the NIV. And so starting in verse 3 here, it says, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So right off the bat here in this scripture that we're reading right here about Daniel, we see that Daniel is consistent. You know, he is, he's serving the Lord. He serves the king faithfully. He does his duties. He does them well, and he's just consistent. He's a consistent man in every part of his life. He's being consistent. And these other these other guys that are there, they don't like it. These other rulers, you know, that are in the area that are, that are serving along with him, they don't like it. And you know, I kind of relate that to say you're the type of person that's in the job, you know, in a, in the workplace, you're at your job, whatever, and you're consistent at your job. You know, you're faithful to do good work, and you you know you like doing it. You want to do it. You get it done well. And also, you have God's favor on your life, and He's blessing you. And so you're being promoted very quickly or whatever, you're looked on with favor from your boss, and others may not like it. Well, you can relate to Daniel here, because Daniel was in that same position. And so, being consistent is a good thing, even if for those around you may not like it, because ultimately it'll be a good witness, and we'll see that here. So, it's going back in verse 6 here, it says, So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, May King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. So the enemy here was laying a trap for Daniel. You know, he saw an opportunity. He's laying a trap. He wants to get rid of Daniel because he mm-hmm. sees someone that's consistent, consistently faithful to God. And so he wants to get rid of that. The enemy doesn't like it when you're faithful to the Lord. The enemy doesn't like it when you have resolved faith that is consistent. Yeah. He wants to get rid of that. And so the enemy was laying a trap. He was creating some circumstances that Daniel was going to have to look at here. So verse 10, it says, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So here we are with Daniel, right? And I'm thinking about, you know, going through my head again, watching this like I do, I would say, TV in my head, but with scripture. And I'm seeing Daniel here, right? And there are these other guys that are jealous of Daniel. They want to get rid of him. The enemy wants to get rid of Daniel. And so they get this law passed saying, if you pray to any person or God besides the king for the next 30 days, then you're going to get thrown in the lion's den. And Daniel hears this, right? What's the first thing he does? He goes home and prays in front of the window, 
just like he'd always done. So he's yeah. still being consistent. And that's what stuck out to me. It's like, okay, you could have gone home and prayed still somewhere where nobody could see you. Right. You know. Well, and I'd like to point out something yeah, go ahead. here. He didn't just pray out of like, oh, Lord, help me. You know, they're after me. Like, he was confident in his faith. Yes. And that window, that representation, it says his window that faced Jerusalem. You know, it faced where the Lord favor was and so that's a representation of us putting our focus on yeah. on the lord so when daniel's praying out this window it's not just out of let me get my prayer time in it's oh i'm coming to the lord lord what do you have to say about this lord you are my god and you will take care of this thank you for what you have done for me you know it wasn't just it was purposeful it was very purposeful, and it was him putting his eyes on the Lord. Lord, what do you say in this situation? What are you going to do for me in this situation? Yeah, that's you really know, good. you've promoted me, you've positioned me, you've kept me here. Yeah, and I thank you for keeping me safe. Yeah, and so Daniel he gets in that place, that consistent place where he had, he had, you know he had been praying there. It says he prayed there three times a day. That was his normal practice, and he stayed consistent in that, yeah. even when it meant you know, he would might lose everything. And that was something that really stuck out to me in this was that his prayer life or his life with God, his, his relationship with the Lord meant more to him than anything else, even his own life. Yeah. Well, I think he, I think he understood how important it was Yeah. to continually fix his eyes on the Lord. Well, and I thought about that. Him. I had to ask myself that question. I said, if it was past today in the United States where we live that, you know, if you pray to God, you're going to be put to death. What would my yeah. response be? Right. Well, and how you many know? people do you think would be getting on board with that? Yeah. And almost becoming your enemy because you're resolved in your faith to pray. That's true. And so that's what Daniel was dealing with here. And yet he still prayed because that's how much it meant to him. And so... Yeah. He he went home and he prayed and he asked God for help. You know, he he took he went he took the issue to God. He took it to God. Just like the guys in the first story, they took the problem to the feet of Jesus. Now Daniel took this to God and said, God, I need some help here. And so verse eleven it says, Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to God, to any God or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. And they said to the king, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you, your majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day. When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. So... Here's another thing that's really interesting to me in this right here is that Daniel's faith was very well known by yeah. all those around him. So his friend, the king, who you know really liked Daniel, he knew that Daniel had strong faith because he said, may your God that you serve so faithfully rescue you. 
And then the, you know, I like to call them the little twerps that the enemy was using to lay this trap for Daniel, you know, because they didn't like him. They were jealous of him, whatever. And so these little twerps, they knew that he was faithful to God and he prayed three times a day because that was their whole plan. That's, that's how they laid this whole trap is on the knowledge that Daniel consistently prays to God. And so yeah. they knew that they could lay this trap with that. I'm like, how many people in my life know, you know, see the consistency in my faith, in my faith towards God, towards the faithful one? And I'm like, okay, so I, I can learn something here from Daniel, okay? So going to verse 17 here, it says, A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. So they've thrown Daniel in the lion's den. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without entering any entertainment being brought to him. Something I think that's interesting real quick, I'm going to look at this real quick here in verse 17 the end of it says, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. And something the Lord spoke to me when I was reading that the first time is he he said that uh, sometimes when we're in a situation, we ask God to remove that situation from us or to remove us from that situation. But he said, sometimes I just want to show up and show out in the middle of your situation. And so think about that. There's times that, you know, you're in the middle of a situation. You're like, I know, I know this for me personally. There's times where I'm in the middle of something that I'm dealing with. And I'm like, Lord, please, I don't want to deal with this. Just, I just want to get out of it. Please just get rid of it. And he's like, let me show up and show you how faithful I am right in the middle of the situation. Because when he shows up and he shows out in the middle of that situation, it's a witness to how powerful he is. It's a witness to how much he loves and cares about you. And that's what he showed here with Daniel. Right. You know, he didn't cause it to where Daniel didn't get thrown into the lion's den. But even though Daniel did get thrown into the lion's den, God shut the mouths of the lions. Right. And so that it showed how powerful God is. Right. And it caused a great witness to the rest of the people around him. So let's see what that says here. So picking back up in verse 18, it says, Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him. He could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty." So something I also found interesting here in verse 21, he answered the king. When the king came to him, he answered him, may the king live forever. I don't know about you, but even if it was a friend of mine, if somebody just threw me into a den of lions the night before, I might be a little upset with them. I may not be saying like, oh, my king live forever, yeah. you know. And I'm looking at this and I'm looking at the king's desire to see Daniel saved. Yeah, he liked the Daniel. King seen only through Daniel or only had a relationship with the Lord through Daniel. Yeah. But somehow the king did, you know, whatever, what was in the king's power to do, it says he tried to stop it before Daniel would have to be thrown in the lion's den. And then, you know, that didn't work out. Yeah. He wasn't able to he stop it. He had to. Right. Yeah. But when he pursue when he pursues this, he says, I can't sleep all night. He goes and he talks as if, Daniel's going to respond to him. Daniel, are you in there? 
Yeah, so he had, a, know, he had a little bit of faith I there. was going to say, that sounds like faith to me, that he would speak in a, in, in, in a, in a form that would uh, call for an answer from Daniel. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And then, you know, like I said, Daniel respond, may the king live forever. And so Daniel didn't have any grudges against him. You know, he yeah. didn't hold any anger towards him. He said, may the king live forever. Picking up back in verse 22, he said, my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. So the king was happy about this, you know. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. That is so powerful. He had trusted in his God. And I think that's, that's, I mean, that's really just sums it up right there. There was no wound found on Daniel because he had trusted in his God. He had resolved faith in a faithful God. And that's what we're talking about today. His faith was consistent and resolve faith is consistent. Remember what I talked about resolve means a firm determination to do something. And Daniel had a firm determination that his faith in God would not be shaken. It would not change no matter what situation was coming up, no matter what was going, you know, going on around him, no matter that he was thrown in the middle of a den full of hungry lions It didn't shake his faith. He said, no, I've resolved that my faith in the faithful one in my God will not change and it will not be shaken. And so he served God no matter what. And then, you know, what did he do that? I mean, just right there, it shows you how resolved his faith was, because as soon as that law was passed, those little twerps again, you know, they got that law in there that, you know, he would be thrown in the lines then if he prayed to God. He immediately, he went back and he prayed to God because that was what he consistently had done. And so there's something to that. There's something to living consistently in your faith to God because it builds, it builds a consistency. It builds a, this is what I do. You know, this is how I serve my God. And I don't care what comes up. I don't care what comes across. I don't care what circumstances the enemy throws my way. This is what I do because I know my God. I know how faithful he is. And I know that he's going to be there for me. When I put my faith in him, I can trust him because he always comes through no matter what. And so having resolved faith doesn't mean that you'll never have any problems or issues arise. It means that when they do come up, you already know the one to go to. And you know that the action you need to take is to go straight to him. Just like the guys in the first story took their friends straight to Jesus. And just like Daniel went straight to God in prayer. Just like the first guys had persistent faith and Daniel had consistent faith in the same way. That's what having resolved faith looks like in a faithful God. And so resolved faith is faith that is determined in its action And that action should always take you straight to the one who is faithful. It should always take you straight to the one who is faithful. And that's what our faith does for us. It doesn't say, oh, let me put this on my shoulders. Let me carry this for myself. Let me figure out how to fix this situation on my own. No, I can't fix the situation. But I can have faith in the God who is faithful. I can have faith in the one that knows how to fix the problem, who is the solution to the problem. And so when I pick up that faith and I keep it, And I go straight to the God who is faithful, the one who answers my prayers, the one who's always there for me, the one who never fails. 
That's what resolved faith looks like. And I want you all to get a hold of this right here. God is persistently merciful and consistently faithful. If you're coming to God with a heart turned towards him on fire for him, wanting a relationship, wanting to continue with him, then he won't turn away from you. He won't turn his face away from you. He will be towards you and open towards you. He's persistently merciful. And he's consistently faithful. He's not going anywhere. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is there and he's not going anywhere. He is consistently faithful. He will always be there for you when you turn to him. So turn to him. Stay resolved in your faith and turn to God and continue to go after God. In any situation, no matter what's going on in your life, have resolved faith in the one who is faithful. Man, we kind of just flew through this one today, but... That's all I have today. That's all I, you know. That's what I have for y'all today. I hope it. I hope it was that you're able to get something out of that, and that it strengthens your faith to have resolved faith in a faithful God. Yeah. Thank y'all for joining us today. We'll see you next time. Um, bring in more of the, the truth of the gospel, and until then, continue to press in and learn about the Lord and build your trust, build your faith in him. So then you can have this resolved faith, this persistent, consistent faith. That's really good. We want to remind y'all that in Jesus, we are built on the rock. <laughs>